Church, I have a few things to share with you this morning as we continue to fill this house with joy. And it's okay to smile when we receive the Word of God and to be attentive to the things of God and excited about the sacredness of what we do. I was invited this past week to speak at Casper Christian School, which we had um, Jack Olson come and talk about that a few months ago. We were able to give to that and support that. And he asked me to come do the chapel service that they have every Friday. And I was wondering about, you know, what am I going to share? What am I going to talk about? You know, this young group of uh, teenagers, middle school, high schoolers. And, and I felt like God was giving me a message. And I talked to the new principal there. And he said, these, these kids need hope. They're seeing what's happening in the world. Um, things that happen in China, something devastating, comes in our feed immediately now. There's not a time in between, and so we're inundated with information and, and negative things and the news and all these things. And so I had a message to share with them, and uh, I love C.S. Lewis, so I was sharing about The Last Battle, my favorite book in the Chronicles of Narnia. And there's a king named Tyrion and this unicorn, and I was telling these students, when I say unicorn, I'm not talking about the glittery, colorful kind. I'm talking about a cool horse with a weapon on his head, you know, they, these were warriors, this unicorn named Jewel and Tyrion are just, they're together, they're best friends. It's like Jonathan and David, they've been to battle together. And word has come that Aslan was in the land, and they're kind of happy. And what has happened is that this, this ape named Shift and this donkey named Puzzle found a carcass of a lion in a river. And it comes floating down the river, and Shift has this plan to um, make a suit of the lion so they can speak for Aslan. So there's an anti-Aslan in the land, an antichrist, and, and they're coming up with this plan to do this. And by the time word has gotten to Tyrion, it sounded like that Aslan was in the land, so they were excited. And then this creature comes to the king and says, nothing in the stars says it's time for Aslan to be here. If anything, it says bad things are to happen. And bad news starts to come to the king and, and to Jewel, the unicorn there, and a, a spirit of one of the trees comes and says they're actually cutting down the living trees. Um, they're enslaving the speaking animals. And confusion sets in, and, and they're upset about what is going on. And King Tyrion says to, to Jewel, what else can we do but take the adventure that has come our way? And that was my message, basically, to these young people that we have challenging things that we have to deal with. Every generation has challenges they have to deal with. And us as Christians, we must take the adventure that has come to us. And they go on and they face it. And so that is a message, just a pre-sermon into what I'm getting into today. Church, C.S. Lewis said this, Look for yourself and you will find in that long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ and you will find Him and with Him everything else. When we look to Christ, when we see Him, it is everything that we need. When we, we go our own way, it is destructive. So we learned last week and we know that these shepherds have come to see Jesus and these wise men have traveled far to come and see the birth of the King and actually worship Him and give gifts. And our goal as Christians is to find Jesus so that we may have life. That we may have abundant life and also help others find Jesus. 
If you have found Christ, we are to help others find Him. Now, Jesus is the central figure of all history. We talked about that last week. He is the uh, central person of the Scriptures, and He is the centerpiece of um, Christmas. That is the message that we're talking about this season. Now, we're going to look at John chapter 12, verses 20 through 26. We went through this last week. We're going to reiterate it some. And as we do, as we come together as God's people, some of this is just information. But it is for our transformation that we may be on mission with God. When we come here, we're receiving the words of God that they may transform our life, that we may follow Him and be obedient to Him. So John chapter 12, verses 20 through 26. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. We talked about this last week. The Greek word here is Helene. They were, it was a Hellenized culture. There was Greek people here, uh, most likely proselytes, uh, not just Greek by nationality. They may be Gentiles. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in uh, Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we want to see Jesus. And Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, and then Jesus comes out to speak to everyone. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He's speaking of his cross, his death, his resurrection. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Verse 25. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, Paul's right there for a minute with me. Verse 25 it speaks to the reality of what we teach as Christians. Um, there are those who have made following Jesus much easier than it really is. Believing in Christ is easy. It is by faith. Uh, we are saved by grace through faith, but as we follow Jesus, one, we must forsake our sin. That is a hard saying for our culture. It is hard for us to hear that we must take up our cross and follow Him daily, but we must forsake our sin. We place our faith in Him. We follow Him, and we should be fruitful. Verse 26, If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servants be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Let's pray together this morning. God in heaven, we know already that um, when your words go out, they do not return void. I pray that they have landed on good ground today, that they take root and grow, that we may be the people you want us to be, that we will be the Christians you've called us to be, your servants, uh, your sons and daughters. And Lord, I pray that we are not just the people that want to see you and hear you, but we're helping others see you and hear you. That we cannot speak of anything else what we have seen and what you have done in our lives. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. In church, last week we dealt with the Greeks um, who came to see Jesus during the Passover. And here's the point. People still need to see Jesus today. And the only way they're going to see Jesus is if we are demonstrating Christ, that we are living Christ-like. For people to see Christ, they have to see Christ in us. And oftentimes, we've put on religion. Uh, we've made, we've added to the gospel. That's what religion is. We put a wall up and people see all the things stuff that we've created that's not necessarily there. Jesus said that you have given people yokes that they cannot carry. And he tells the religious leaders, it's so heavy you can't even carry it. He tells the people, put on my yoke, it is light. 
And, uh, and then there's the other end of it. There is, there's legalism, religiosity, there's liberalism, taking away from the gospel, taking away from the good news of Jesus, telling people you can continue to live however and still call yourself a Christian. And here we are. We, won't, we don't want to add religion to it. And we don't want to take away from it. There's no adding to it, no taking away. Just let people see the law of liberty, the law of love as we sing about today. Here's the thing I want you to grasp today is that when you come to see Jesus, He has something to say. Verses 23 through 24, we need to hear Jesus. And Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. They want to come to Jesus who knows why they really came, maybe a miracle, maybe to talk to Him, to see Him. And He tells them this message, it's time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He will die, he will go into the ground, he will rise again, and much fruit comes out of the life that he gives to the world. So when we come to see Jesus, he always gives people an audience. Everyone that came, everyone that called on him, he went to see them, he went to heal people, he heard them, but he always has something to say. And church, we cannot separate Jesus from his word. And this is the culture that we're dealing with, even in the church. I want Jesus, but I don't want His verses. I don't want the Bible stuff. I don't want the teachings. And here it is together. It is Christ and His teachings together. We are to be, as Christians, a listening people. In fact, the Father made that very clear. When Christ was baptized, the Father spoke from heaven to said, this is my beloved Son. And, uh, and, and there's a time where the disciples followed Jesus, Jesus onto a mountain. They call it the Mount of Transfiguration. Transfiguration, the Greek word is metamorphosis. The Mount of Metamorphosis because they got to see the glorified Christ. He revealed Himself to Peter, James, and John. And then they heard a voice, and Luke 9.35 says this, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is My Son, My Chosen One. Listen to Him. I love that. It's not just seeing Jesus, which is important. It's not just talking about Jesus. Jesus comes with a message. Listen to Him. God could have said anything about Jesus. He's kept it very simple. This is my beloved Son. I'm well pleased with Him. What else? Listen to Jesus. God has made listening to Him a high priority for His people. The Jewish Shema is a daily prayer the Jews do. And it's recorded in Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Um, Hear, O Israel. That's a daily prayer. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, He is one. There at the beginning, to remind the people, we are to hear the teachings of God. We are to teach the teachings of God. The Apostle Paul says this in Romans 10, 17. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ, I've never met anybody that's growing in their faith that is not also hearing the words of Christ. You cannot grow in your relationship with Jesus without also hearing what He has to say. Faith even the faith that we have and we grow in comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. Jesus tells us in John ten twenty seven, My sheep hear My voice and I know them and they follow Me. I love that. Now, this is the thing I want you to see. My sheep, My sheep, those who believe, those who are following Me, they hear My voice. They should know the difference. As Christians, we should know the difference in the voice of Satan and the voice of Christ. 
We should know if there's a voice of temptation versus the voice of Jesus calling us closer to Him. That we should know the voice of Jesus over the voice of the culture. We live in a culture that wants to cancel truth. That doesn't want you to hear Jesus Christ. That doesn't want you to be a part of a church. There's so many temptations. On Sunday morning, it has become almost a burden to get ready and to come to church. Because it's so much it's unusual. It is an odd thing that we believe in this God who died on the cross, who rose again. We expect to come again, and we do fellowship as God's people. We had a question in our college and career class this morning. Uh, we were talking about what are, what are some things that you hear along the way, some things that may make you doubt your faith, and all these things, all kinds of things. And some people said, well, I can be a Christian and not be a part of a church. And philosophically, that mixes you up. It makes you think that building is church. And, and when people say that, they do not know what Christian, Christianity is. So I want you to hear this. When someone says that, what do they really mean? They mean they don't want you to follow Jesus and do the Christian thing. You don't have to go and be a part of that Christian thing. You don't have to be committed to their meeting and their gathering. Throughout the Scriptures, the believers of God gathered. And no one ever said... Well, you don't have to go over there where Jesus is and, and you know, be a part of that and hear His teachings. And still, you don't have to do that and still be a Christian. Here it is. This is what Christianity is. The body of Christ. You are church. You are ecclesia. Now, that doesn't mean you can't stay at home. You're still the church. But over time, you cannot neglect the teachings of Christ. What some people are really saying is that don't go over there Stay home, and you can say that you're reading your Bible. I know when we started streaming last year, um, people were excited. It went up, boom. We had hundreds of people watching services, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. A couple months later, boom. What that means is people were sitting at home, and they weren't even participating anymore. They weren't watching. Even those who said they were watching were doing chores throughout the house and not doing whatever. And some people will take a picture. Look, I'm watching from home. And, uh, you know, that's tempting to do, but who knows what they were really doing, right? Hey, look, you know, we're watching these things. But here it is. It is easy to neglect something that is important. We need to be with the people and listen to Jesus. We've also met people say, Jesus was just a good moral teacher. And this is the thing. He was a good teacher, and he did teach good morals. But do you listen to them? If anybody ever tries to take Jesus and say, he was just one of these philosophers, these good moral teachers like everyone else, like Buddha, Muhammad, and all these guys, and they tell you, his, you would ask them first, what are his good teachings? And they may not even know what they are, but the question is, if he was a good moral teacher, do you listen to his good morals? But we know him as being more than that. He is divine. He is the Son of God. And that's what I want to spend some time with you about this morning. Um, that Jesus did make claims of deity. You're going to have people tell you, here it is, Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of Christ, the union of God and man, the incarnation. We call that the hypostatic union. He is fully God. He is fully man. He's not 50% God and 50% man. This is a mystery. But people will tell you that Jesus never said that He was God. And here, I want to tell you this. Jesus never had to say that He was God. If you were God, you go around and tell people, hey, by the way, I'm God. I don't ever have to go and tell anybody, by the way, I'm human. 
It's understood. When he said, I am the Son of God, it meant that he was God. When he said, I'm the Son of Man, it meant that he was man. He is God and man. He made claims of deity. I want to share this with you today. John chapter 5 and verse 18. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Why did they want to kill him? Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. When he claimed that God is my father, He's making Himself in relationship. In that relationship, He is God in essence. Read John chapter 1, John 8, 58, one of the ones I share a lot. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. That puts Jesus in the Old Testament history. That puts Jesus far beyond Abraham. Now, how is that possible? It's because He was God, and they looked forward to His day, His incarnation. But here it is, Jesus made claims of deity. Jesus also, this is important for us, Jesus speaks and forgives sins. Luke chapter 5 and verse 20 through 21. And when He saw their faith, He said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Now I want you to think about that today as we call on God. If we've lived in sin and we confess our sins and then we say, Christ, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Are you listening and do you hear Jesus say, you are forgiven? And here it is, he says, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemy? Why is it blasphemy? No one can forgive sins except God alone. So not only is Jesus God in flesh, he is forgiving verbally speaking, and we are to listen to those words. Luke chapter 7, verse 48 through 49. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. This is the woman who's cleaning Jesus' feet with her hair. Her tears have dropped on his feet because she's been forgiven many sins. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who can even forgive sins? This God who became flesh forgives sins. And we are to to hear his message of forgiveness. The third thing I want you to see is that Jesus spoke of his death and resurrection. He's told us that the seed must go into the ground. It must die to rise again to produce the fruit. Luke 9, 22, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Jesus predicted his death and resurrection. He spoke these things. And oftentimes the disciples were perplexed at what he said until the Holy Spirit had come. Did they understand what he was really saying? But he spoke about these things. He spoke about his death and that he would be raised. He knew these things would happen. What else did Jesus tell us and say? So when we come to see Jesus, there's things he's telling us that we need to listen to. Jesus said that he is the Messiah. The chosen one of God, the anointed one that everybody was looking forward to seeing. In John chapter 4, verse 25 through 26, Jesus has gone to Samaria. He's meeting with this outcast woman midday at the well. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ, the anointed one. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. That is a claim that Jesus obviously is Messiah. Jesus said so many things for us that we need to listen to. He says, come to me to have life. Follow me, remain in me, believe in me, teach people to obey me. He is very concerned about what you think about him. 
He's concerned about what others say. So you will know the truth of who he is. And the question is, have you been listening? Are you listening to what the world says about Jesus? Are you listening to what Jesus has to say about himself? In Matthew chapter 16, one of the most powerful questions appear in Scripture. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? So what, what is the gossip? What is everyone saying about me? And they said to him, some say this John the Baptist. At this point, John the Baptist has been executed. And they think maybe his spirit, they're very superstitious. Maybe his spirit is living in him. Others say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. So there's all kinds. Oh, he's just a good moral teacher. He's just another man. He's just another Jew that was crucified. But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are truly the Messiah. You're the one we have been waiting for, and here you are, and we believe. There's another time in John chapter 6 when Jesus feeds the 5,000. They want to make him their earthly king. And Jesus goes off away from the crowd after he's fed everyone. The disciples go across the sea. Jesus goes off to pray. And then at night, he comes walking over the waters, and they see him. They think, he's like, what is this, this spirit? He's walking on water. They go to shore together. And the crowd makes their way around to follow this Jesus because he performs miracles. And Jesus says, it was not Moses who gave you the manna from heaven. It was me who came down. And he says some very offensive and crazy things to think about for the Jews to hear. He says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, which we have done this morning. You know, early Christians were called cannibals because they were eating the body of Christ. And here it is. This is what it sounds like to the Jew. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot have part with me. You will not have life, meaning that you must take Jesus into your life. And he looks out at the crowd, and they're perplexed. He says, does this offend you? And it actually says in John chapter 6 that many of the disciples walked away no more to follow him. So Jesus turns to the twelve. He says, will you also walk away? It's easy to walk away when the teaching gets hard. It's easy to walk away when things don't make sense to me. And Peter says this, no, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. And church, as we hear this today, we've learned that we need to see Jesus and we need to help people see Jesus. But when we see Him, He comes with a message. He comes with Scripture. He comes with verses. He comes with words. He has the words of eternal life because they point to Him. Church, this is who we believe in. We help people to see Jesus and we want to help people to hear Jesus speak in their life. As we close, in just a moment, um, Jay and the praise team are going to come. We have some more to sing. Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. I love the book of Acts. That's why we went through it together as a church. The Holy Spirit has come. The power of God has entered into the apostles, the disciples. They'll go out preaching the name of Jesus Christ. This, this Jesus of Nazareth has risen from the grave. And so they called them and charged them. These religious leaders are arresting the apostles. They called them and charged them to not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. So they've been commanded by Jesus to go preach. They have the Holy Spirit. They're preaching and people are being saved. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge these things. We cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. And here it is, church. We need to do the same. 
It is simply that. We have heard, we've seen Christ. We need to help others see and listen to Christ. Stand as we continue to worship.